0: On movies with Rebecca and Jason.
1: Are you gonna love them or hate them?
2: Here, Here comes the, the binge. binge. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Binge Movie Podcast, in which a couple of homos review the latest movie theater
0: releases. I'm Jason Leroy. And I'm Rebecca Olarte. and today we're gonna to take a look at three movies The Handmaiden, Aquarius, and Being 17. And as always, we're gonna rate these movies on a three tiered scale, with Binge It being the highest rating. Consuming moderation means it's okay, but it's kind of meh, and send it back means... Life's too short for that mess. Jason, yes. great job on your interview last week. That was Thank really you. very exciting.
2: Thank you very much, um, guys. Moonlight is the interview to which we're referring, and it does open in San Francisco uh, on the 28th of October, which uh, by the time you're hearing this, will at the very least be
0: that day. That day.
2: Uh, so um, it is. It is not going to be our our pick of the week this week because we have another one that we really like. But it is also basically our pick of the week, mm-hmm. and you can almost guarantee it'll be in our top ten of the year. And by all means, go see Moonlight if you can.
0: And here's a here's a really good point. Is uh, I saw today trending on Twitter is something called coat switching. Um, basically, someone else had done an interview with the director Barry Jenkins, mm. and in the summary of it, I think that's how it went. Uh, they said something about how he had referred to code switching, <laughs> and they they wrote that instead of the phrase is code switching. Oh, that's
2: embarrassing!
0: And so it became this whole thing <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs>
2: Oh, I miss that. You know how Twitter can be oh, when Twitter. you make a mistake like that. There, you know, I'm glad that in the, on the day of the death of Vine, Twitter know. had that to cheer itself up.
0: Exactly, they pulled out the last possible vines um, <sighs> right to, just match to humiliate
2: that. some dumb white journalist exactly. who didn't know what code switching was. Oh bless them. I mean it could have it could have just been, you know, some tra- you know, person transcribing something. It could have just been like some intern that's like transcribing the audio. Who knows? Never again. No. no Never again. No, so this is code switching. I mean You didn't do that. Rebecca did literally switch coats just before we started to. I did switch too. codes. Uh coats. so <laughs> As in ta Now I'm... Yeah. Yes. Yeah,
0: that's coat switching. Now
2: that's some coat switching we can get behind. <laughs> Awful.
0: Um, so we didn't get together last week. Um, what have you been up to? Uh,
2: well, um, one thing that happened was that I had my heart completely broken. Uh, so we have been talking... Scott and I have been talking for the entire time we've been living in this apartment, um, which is now over seven years about getting a cat. We're like, one day we're gonna get a cat, it's gonna happen, we're gonna get a cat. And it's just been like we've just been super lazy. We've always just been like, oh well, we'll get around to it someday and we'll get a cat. And there's always that trip' where it's, you know a few weeks away and you're like, oh well, I guess I'll do it some other time. Um, we've had a series of, of, of women who are self-identified pussy pushers in our lives <laughs> who just keep trying to get us to um, adopt a cat. So, of which
0: I am not one.
2: No, for the record, Rebecca has never once, I think Rebecca does not one to inflict on a cat the reality of living with me all the time. <laughs> she loves cats too much.
0: Give that cat some little earbuds. <laughs> He's a loud man.
2: Little earmuffs for a little guy. Um, so, uh, but then, you know, we have some friends who are currently fostering a kitten and we're watching this fostering process on Instagram and we're like, I think it's time. And so, um, we looked at our lease and it was like, okay, so you just need to have like an owner's pets agreement with the landlord. Um, and you know, you can't have a pet unless you have this agreement. So we're like, cool. So email the landlord who writes back. And mind you, we thought for, there was some reason why from the very beginning we we're in the impression we knew we could never have a dog, but cats we were told was possible.
0: People have cats in this building, right?
2: In um, the very top level, but those are people who um, lived in the building before the current owner took it over. Ah, they're yes. a... yeah, they're they Grandfather oh, grandfathered in.
0: Claws in, <laughs> claws. Guys,
2: I'm going to do a boomerang of Rebecca doing this claws gesture because <laughs> it's too cute. <laughs> um, so but our landlord was like, no pets, no pets ever, absolutely not. What? Um, and I might add that our landlord is. Most definitely trying to get us to move out.
0: Oh, I'm absolutely sure.
2: in the same email, he noted, as if he was being slick, mind you, uh, he was like, You know, um, I always tell my friends that if they buy a condo, that they have just freedom. That's just really (laughs) amazing. I'm like, "Ah, do you really think we don't see what you're
0: doing? Oh, my God. Guys,
2: for context, we have rent control in this apartment, and we are not paying a market rate. We are paying less than half of market rate because of when we moved in and because of how insane the market um, has become since then. And our landlord fucking hates us. And he wants us out one way or another. And um, and I have to wonder if the people playing market rate asked for a cat. he wouldn't have allowed it. But since yeah. it's us, I feel like he now thinks he has leverage. Yeah. Um. So now he knows that we want something that he can prevent us from having. Yeah. And, and now
0: you can't even sneak a cat.
2: I know. No No cat sneaking. And also, he is for sure going to be dropping by unannounced to be like...
0: Oh, for sure.
2: Yeah, being to make like, sure you oh, don't hi, have a cat. I just... Do I, is there, you know, uh, <laughs> which is
0: weird because your hallway already smells like cat.
2: Right. I'm just like that's just how my pee smells. Okay. <laughs> I can't control my cat pee smell urine, and I will not be blamed for this. <laughs> and he also was like, and if you do see a cat, and you will be evicted. Yeah. So of yeah, he, he yeah he is he is guns out. Wow. Guns out for us. You poke um, the bear. I did poke the bear. It's such a and
0: bullshit living situation. I
2: would also know, and you tell me because this seems sneaky to me. It's
0: sneaky. <laughs> Go on.
2: Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have a crazy cat lady who lives in the top floor of the building.
0: Okay. And no need for the name call.
2: You're like, that is that is hateful. It's a hate speech. I hate speech right there. Um I'm gonna coat switch. <laughs> she... <laughs>
0: you're
2: like there's some coat switching going on in what you're saying. <laughs> um and they she tends to like feed these stray cats in our basement.
0: Oh, that's why it smells like cats.
2: That's why it smells like cats. And um and then the other day I ran to my landlord in the stairwell and he was like, Have you been seeing cats? <laughs> and I'm like I'm like who are you my podcast co-host <laughs> with this question um and I was like no, I haven't seen any cats <laughs> and he's like <laughs> and he's like pointing to the stairs and he's like cats are scratching the stairs the carpeting on the stairs i'm just like i haven't seen any cats and he's like he's like it's the lady on the top floor she's doing this and I'm like okay and he's like well i'm just going to start leaving poison in the basement for those cats what is that legal? Is that a, is that like no. an SPCA violation of some sort to I, be like I'm going to start poisoning cats in the basement like they're basically just vermin?
0: Yeah, yeah, I think there's something I think there's something amiss there. I think there's an animal cruelty law that you can't do that.
2: And also, I didn't, you know, I should have pursued further. Oh, how it further. the tables have turned. I was just so eager to get out of the conversation. I didn't keep going with it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I was like, oh, and also, like, is this poison that definitely doesn't hurt people? <laughs> and Because <we're...
0: laughs> it... you're like, if you see a snack, you'll pick it up.
2: <laughs> exactly. I'm just like, listen, there's like some tasty little disc on the floor, that thing's <laughs> going, it's going in my much, in much choppers is right there. Um and also that's where our washer and dryer are down there. Yeah. Uh. So uh. Yeah. It's it's, it's...
0: gonna be hard to walk to your dryer and washer with a pile with a pile of, of yeah, just like
2: dead cats laying everywhere. Oh. Um. So it is.
0: That's that's that's.
2: I feel like because I was turning to Scott and I was like. I was like, how can I fuck him over back?
0: <laughs> mm.
2: um, because he also took a severe attitude with me when I had a follow-up question. So when he first was like, no, 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 no cats. I'm like, okay, cool. Well, here's a picture of our lease agreement where it says we just need an owner's pets agreement. So, you know, or is there something else we signed that said we can't have cats? And he went back and he was like, maybe you should ask the rent board to help you understand English because it clearly doesn't say what you think it says. And Whoa. and it took me Whoa. it took me a while to breathe enough yeah, to not right back.
0: Caps, caps, caps.
2: It was, and he actually started with all caps and all caps. He wrote no.
0: Who is this dude? Kanye
2: West. <laughs> time for me to just name him. I'm tired of hiding his secrets. Uh, uh,
0: that's a mess.
2: Yes. So, um, I also went to a Hillary Clinton fundraiser this week and saw Cher. <laughs> so, but I'm bur- <laughs> but I'm burying the lead. I'm leading with my cat pain. Because uh, I know my audience. Yeah. Um, but guys, seriously. That's a pity. I'm sorry, man. Um, but I do I do suggest that you guys check my Instagram and watch the videos I took of, of Cher at this Hillary Clinton fundraiser. My, How can we
0: find you on Instagram? My
2: Instagram is at XSFaggage. And you will find five, count them, five highlight videos of Cher's speech that um, I was very up close for. Um, she... Is I mean we all know that she's amazing and seeing her up close and personal was literally breathtaking. Really, I mean when I say flawless, I have never meant that word more in my entire life.
0: Wow, like,
2: exquisite. And
0: you've been to Beyonce.
2: I have been to Beyonce and Cher is just there's just an otherworldly glow about her. Really, and, uh, and she was so funny, so funny about Trump stuff. Yeah, just went in, went and in. was
0: like, like her speeches made sense. She was well. She she was funny. She was funny
2: and she had some material prepared and she, you know, and she had like this little um, paper on which she had written on one side fuck and on the other fucking. And she was like, I've noticed that I tend to use these words a lot when I'm giving these speeches and I'm trying to put them away. So uh, rather than say them, I'm just going to hold up this like Trump (laughs) and I can't stand that. Asshole. Uh, so uh and it was uh it was it was just a magical, magical thing. Our 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 friend Abe managed to go in and get a picture with her. Oh wow because he was a high enough roller to do so. Um he had what I would describe as a fantastic interaction with her in which he walked up to her, said, I love you and she said, Thank you for coming and he said, I love you and she said, I said thank you. <laughs> and then they took the picture and then he was out. <laughs> so Nothing but the best. What more
0: could you ask for?
2: Nothing. Nothing <laughs> at all. Short of a slap and a yeah. command to snap out of it. Yeah. But uh, that's what's been up with me, Rebecca. Oh, that, was,
0: that a, was that a Will and Grace reference right there?
2: It was. Well, it was originally from Moonstruck. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> Rebecca just slouched down.
0: <laughs> it's not from Moonlight?
2: <laughs> Moonlighting? No. Moonlighting? <laughs> no, it is not. Rebecca mm-hmm. has been traveling so much, and yes. I, I can't wait to hear about it.
0: Uh, but I mean, of all, it's been a. Um... A tour of the uh, middle tier cities: Philadelphia, Seattle, <laughs> the Cleveland, tier, the tier twos, the tier twos. Yeah, it's definitely not your tier ones. No. Uh, Philadelphia was much more pleasant than I expected it to be. It was, was it your first time there? First time there. Beautiful uh, mm-hmm. city. Mm-hmm. Um, America's from there, you know. So, <laughs> <You know>, Ferrera, <laughs> yeah.
2: love her. She's um, been so political.
0: Yeah, she has. Her and uh, Lena Dunham have been uh, really. They are
2: out there on the trail, doing
0: it. so we have one more show before the election no this is one we we do have one more
2: we do have one more yeah
0: and then then that's it
2: and then (laughs) and then and and that's it and that's when our y2k uh fears will once again oh yeah once you you, i know it's gonna be a pile of
0: dead cats and us (laughs) down in the basement
2: (laughs) just in the bunker yeah dead cat bunker (laughs) we're just looking like we all we both knew it was always gonna end like this if
0: they poison the cats and we can't eat them Try to think two steps ahead, Jason. Unless
2: I mean, unless you're trying to stave off some kind of zombie apocalypse, in which case you might as well just eat the poison. Eat dick, the poison cat. cats. Eat the poison cats.
0: <laughs> we just need to make a flow chart of all of our options. Mm-hmm. Come mm-hmm. given the options. Yeah, I
2: concur. Um, so um, you were in Philadelphia for a wedding. I was. Pictures, it was a beautiful ceremony. The pictures were all lovely.
0: Lovely couple. Um, we had a really good time. And then I went to Seattle for work. Uh, I've never. I've, actually, I've been there for like a weekend before. Um, it continues to um bore me. <laughs> <laughs> What a dullard of a city. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty. I hope I'm not offending any we love you, Australia still, but um Seattle? I I don't know. I
2: was like, you know, growing up when we did, I feel like we had a very romanticized view of Seattle. Yeah. I was really expecting um, Portland, I think. Yeah, exactly. And now it really is just Portland that is that place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, which did not stop me from like just passing out from delight when I first visited the real world house in Seattle.
0: Oh, where Um, the slap happened? Yeah.
2: I reenacted the slap right there on that spot where Irene got picked up.
0: Which was a, a very iconic moment in, in 90s television.
2: To be sure. From all reality television, I would say.
0: Oh, yeah. The slap heard around the world.
2: It was. I believe. It was. I do believe. <clears throat> um, speaking of believe and believe land. Oh,
0: nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where I ended, ended my uh, tour uh, in Cleveland. I went to the uh, opening game of the Cavs um, where they had the ring ceremony. It was beautiful. I cried the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was also the first game of the World Series. So downtown mm-hmm. Cleveland was um, really happening. Uh, really more fires than usual <laughs> no fires uh, a lot of racism Oh well, yeah you cool, know with cool, the whole yeah. uh chief wahoo indian situation that thing it's been an interesting time where the indians are in the world series at this time where trump politics have empowered um idiot racists to mm. say whatever the fuck they want yes and blame people who have a problem with it for uh, and call <laughs> for them having a problem with it yeah for having a problem with it yes so um it is a hot mess
2: So that must have been a real sort of, you know, just conflict you were holding on to while you were in Cleveland. You're there trying to enjoy the sports, which one of our, one of our loyal listeners, Alicia texted me today to ask if Rebecca was happy about Cleveland sports.
0: (laughs) Um, Yeah. I mean, I'm not so much of a baseball fan, but it's nice to see my dad happy, I guess. Oh,
2: (laughs) (laughs) I feel like you're about to sing cats in the cradle. (laughs) Oh, Poison cat in the cradle.
0: Um, Yeah. I mean, the whole, the whole Indians thing really puts a good damper on the on the mm-hmm. appreciation. It's a really an embarrassing right. situation. So you're
2: walking around so happy, but also so angry.
0: Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I mean, just like any time in Cleveland, mm-hmm, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and, that's what's uh, called a trip home. Yeah, <laughs> and now I'm back. <laughs> Yay! Yay! <laughs> and I even managed to watch a movie.
2: You sure did.
0: Which is the first movie we're going to review, and it is also our pick of the week: The Handmaiden. A woman is hired as a handmaiden to a Japanese heiress, but secretly she is involved in a plot to defraud her. So we have no trailers this week because all of our movies are foreign language films.
2: Because we are fancy.
0: We are so fancy. This movie is from South Korea. Mm -hmm. Um, It is in
2: Korean and Japanese.
0: mm -hmm. Yeah, it is in both two languages that we don't uh, speak. Nope. Um, And whose trailers would not have helped any of us.
2: And fortunately, the movie does something interesting where they put the subtitles in different colors Mm -hmm. so that you know when they're speaking which language, Mm -hmm. because it is relevant to the plot of the film. Because otherwise we would have had not even the slightest hint. Oh, you can't tell? It would have only led to me wagering very racist guesses. (laughs) That sounds kind of Japanese. No. That's something you don't want to hear me say. Ever. No.
0: Um, This movie is based on the Sarah Waters book, uh, The Fingersmith, which Ah. I hit... Sorry. (laughs) Which reminds me of my upcoming basketball podcast, The Finger Roll, coming up. <laughs> Keep an eye out for that.
2: And my upcoming hair podcast, Finger Wave. Uh, <laughs> so we're all, we all have our projects, Rebecca. We all have our things we're doing.
0: <laughs> um, can't wait to hear that. Um, I, had for, I read the book. There was definitely a time in the early 2000s where I was on a lesbian book uh, consumption fest. I, I read mm, a lot mm. of Sarah Waters and well, Emma Donahue. I did know you then. Yeah. That's when I uh that's before I coat switched <laughs> over to uh not really consuming <laughs> a lot of books. Queer. <laughs> no, no. <Words. laughs> queer, queer <laughs> things. Um so anyway, this uh this is a story in three parts. Um it's directed by Chen Park, Park. Park Chan-wook.
2: <laughs> there it is. Damn
0: it. I got there. I got there. Yes. I feel like your eyes were pleading. You I was, really had hope. I, I was like, like I feel hope. like
2: you're going to get this. <laughs> like I feel like you wouldn't have jumped into this without making sure you knew how to say the name.
0: <laughs> Director of Old Boy. Yes. Uh, probably and, his most famous, right?
2: And uh, and more recently of Stoker, which is a movie that mm. I love very much. His first English language film starring Nicole Kidman and Mia Wasikowska. Oh, right. Which I fucking love that movie.
0: Um, that came out, what, like two years ago? Yeah, something like that. No, probably like four. Um, take us take us down the road of um The Handmaiden.
2: All right. Uh so uh yeah, so guys, The Handmaiden um had its premiere at the Cannes Film Festival this year. And um and right out of the gate it was a movie that people were talking about, um, for reasons that would not become clear until you actually watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we have here is this really, you know, it's based on a novel, as Rebecca pointed out, and it's a very, very novelistic film. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, a, it's incredibly detailed, very labyrinthine, very twisty. As Rebecca mentions, it's in three parts. It actually
0: reminded me of uh, The Labyrinth.
2: Uh, of The Labyrinth? Damn it! Of <laughs> Pan's, Pan's Labyrinth? Pan's Labyrinth. There it is.
0: From the first scene where she's in the car.
2: Right, the Very yeah. Pan's Labyrinth.
0: I could see that. I could see that. <laughs> we're sure. a little
2: rusty, we're a few weeks off. Um, but uh but yeah, so um it is it's it's so many genres at once. And mm-hmm. it's it's one of those movies where it's hard to talk about too much mm-hmm. because there are massive twists. Yeah. And um and it really it takes its sweet time um kind of getting to these moments.
0: But it, doesn't leave you bored.
2: Yeah, I mean I think that the first act is the one that feels the longest and probably is the longest Mm -hmm. and I do remember the first time I watched it I when they when act two came up and I realized it was basically going to double back and retell the story from another angle Mm -hmm. I was like no (laughs) no (laughs) <laughs> I can't. I can't sit through all of that again. Um, but uh, but it's but it what it, what it does is very uh, it's very clever with it. Um, so I'm trying to think, think of what we can even talk about with this story without so, ruining uh, it. Yeah. So as um, so I think there are things you find out right away um, in the first act. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Yeah, so we have this. Um, so there's the initial pretense of what we think we're seeing, which is dispelled like 10 minutes in. The pretense is that this uh, these, this young uh, Korean woman has been um, sent to go be a handmaiden for this um, you know for this wealthier young woman uh, who lives in this estate. It's during you know the Japanese occupation of Korea, um, and her um, this this young woman lives with her uncle who is a sort of like um, very um, Japanese obsessed um, mm-hmm. Korean man uh, who aspires to the Japanese way of life, Japanese culture all kinds of japanese culture as it turns out and uh and so we're like okay cool so she's just we see her kind of this handmaiden being what it looks like ripped away from her family who are sobbing and there's children mm-hmm. um and then we find out almost immediately that she is not there as this like innocent naive handmaiden she's
0: part of a ploy she's
2: part of a con uh, she is there to con the you know, wealthy young woman who is known to be mentally uh, unstable, mm-hmm. um, along with this uh, this man who is co-running. Who is basically it's his con. Yeah, um, he is pertained to be a count, and he's there to um, partner with the handmaiden to basically, you know, convince this lady that you know convince everyone that she's a nutcase and she needs to be locked away, and then they'll get her money. Mm-hmm. So uh, that is the reality of the first part of the film and then it goes off a number of directions from there um but now you watched this last night with shasta yeah my
0: with, wife with your wife
2: um and uh and this had probably been the first movie you'd watch did you watch did you watch airplane movies while you were traveling
0: i didn't know i was on frontier mm-hmm. which doesn't even offer you a seat cushion
2: you hear that frontier
0: you fucks. <laughs> shots fired shots
2: fired um, so, uh, so you're sitting down. You're watching this movie. You've just been traveling, and despite how fatigued you may have felt, you did not feel bored by it.
0: No, absolutely not. Uh, <laughs> are you leading me down? Are you leading me down a path? <clears throat> I mean, you, 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 you. You said to lead you down the road. <laughs> you did, you did, and here you've left me um, in a ditch. There is a this movie. Uh, I mean, I guess we sort of mentioned it earlier because it's based on the Sarah Waters book um is has definitely a uh, a lesbian story plot to it
2: yes uh which i think we can say i mean like we yeah. can say that because that's kind of like the hook of the entire movie is mm-hmm. that they end up kind of falling in love the handmaiden and uh, the woman she works for have a um they fall in love and it leads to <laughs> some exceedingly torrid
0: sex scenes it does and you saw this movie with um well
2: i first saw it in toronto and then i watched it a second time with our our dear friend beth dean and a theater full of the elderly oh um, yes um and the first time that <laughs> um the first time that i was starting to think like oh this is going to be different because in toronto was a really tiny screening room and it's like you know it's like film festival people and it just seemed a little different um there is a scene early on one of the first acts of kind of weird intimacy is a scene in which the handmaiden oh. <laughs> sands down a sharp tooth in her mistress's mouth using a thimble on her thumb.
0: That's so funny because one time that happened to me. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Except for it was you sanding down a cat tooth.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I. Haven't. It was still
2: in a bathtub though.
0: <laughs> I uh, cut a tooth and uh, I was really drunk and I had my friend. This is. It was like it was like the most trashy version of this scene. <laughs> And I had my friend's stick her finger in my mouth. I was like, feel how jagged it is. <laughs> was this
2: Heidi? Uh,
0: yes. <laughs> and uh, and then I took a nail file, like an emery board, and then sanded my own tooth and down. And you were still drunk while you were doing this? Uh, yeah, I got an infection.
2: <laughs> Whole tooth gone. So while you're watching this, you're like, "No, be careful!" It's
0: like, "Yeah, this is not romantic."
2: <laughs> you're like, this is, hitting, "This is hitting too close to home already. And it's only <laughs> going to get worse." Uh, yes, it was during the tooth filing down scene that I first turned to Beth and saw a look of absolute horror on her face. Um, and uh, and little did we know, um, well, I knew that. So that was just me being a sadist. I knew <laughs> how much more graphic it was going to get. This is maybe. As graphic of lesbian sex as I've seen in a non-pornographic movie, even considering blue is the warmest color.
0: Yeah. Yes.
2: You agree? I agree. Yeah. It's a lot. It's
0: it's a, it's uh. A, I mean, they. This is not an it.
2: R-rated movie, guys. This is they're doing an unrated. It would be full NC-17 if this was being released with Absolutely. a rating. Absolutely. Yeah. Unquestionably. Absolutely. It is a shock.
0: <laughs> it really is. I mean, it's well done.
2: It's, it's beautifully and and well and here's where here's the fun ruining question of uh, of a male director um, mm-hmm. you know uh, mm-hmm. making these scenes of mm-hmm. these two um, young actresses completely nude mm-hmm. simulating extremely aggressively graphic sex in a series of positions and setups. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, I mean, I didn't. I didn't feel uh, like it was voyeuristic in a way that made me uncomfortable. Um, it was very stylized. It was very stylized, but also, I felt like there. You know, like the lead up was very. Um, I mean, I guess, I guess when you know the story about whether or not how innocent it is, mm-hmm. um, it 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 doesn't have. Um, it doesn't have, like it doesn't feel gratuitous for the audience. It feels yeah, that's the like word. a realistic so exchange of people. And fluids. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Sorry. I mean, I was surprised at the amount of scissoring.
2: (laughs) They go hard on the scissoring. They really do. Um, Which
0: I feel like (laughs) is like a stereotype. Um, (laughs) Yeah.
2: right which is where that thing comes in of like okay well did they have like you know was this just how this dude was imagining what lesbian sex looks like
0: when you know more about what the story's about right? Um, there, are th- there are ways that the characters right. might, would, n- would, have might have heard, heard of sure things of scissoring yeah <laughs> right. so I feel like there, a lot of especially when you see that part the second time around mm-hmm. um, you see where there is a kind of a shift in power between them right. and that's probably reflected from there so I know that sounds really really vague but I know we can't ruin the plot by trying to explain the the decision to include uh, a lot of scissoring the, the, but um, the, the de-scissoring
2: <laughs> um and the even the camera angles during the scissoring it feels like it's being played for laughs because we just see these like we, we see them like looking at each other the camera angles like each of them there looking at the moment other's moment eyes where they, like, and there's all these limbs that are just like hands? oh yes
0: like
2: like they're taking a shit in the woods
0: uh, <laughs> i don't know what that means Maybe like emperor's new groove and he like pulls them up by the hand i don't know it's just very like a i mean i think buddy film <laughs> moment
2: if you will uh if, and, yeah, and, and well, i think it is for leverage i'm guessing <laughs> it was just to get that extra oomph out of it
0: sure i mean i i mean i'm sure that's and been... that is
2: not even the most outlandish thing that they do
0: no um but it's it's good that you mentioned that that seemed like it was for laughs Because there are a lot of moments in the movie That aren't in, in the sex scenes that are funny Right um, So it wouldn't be I don't think it would be impossible out of place If that was for laughs mm-hmm. um, There are these sort of like drops uh, with with Throughout the movie that That just make it more entertaining mm. By being like kind of funny
2: Right yeah, it's so tricky to pin down from a genre point of view mm-hmm. this movie. It's so many different. It's thriller, know,
0: it's a period it's piece, it's a mystery,
2: it's a romance. Mm-hmm. Um it's uh it's an all-around weird movie. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that I find the most interesting about this movie is that it is so incredibly mannered.
0: Yes. Uh yeah. in a
2: way that is like bordering on merchant ivory.
0: Yeah. Um, but I think that's also part of the the, the part of the movie that involves like uh very meticulous reading mm-hmm. and detail it, it like it's part of what the movie's about and it also is the way the movie is
2: right well you know it's so it's those things and it's also the most perverted movie i've ever seen it's perfect so which is an unusual combo that wait really do you think it's it more perverted
0: out. than um what's the movie by the guy who made drive
2: only god forgives
0: Mm-mm, the newest one
2: um, oh, what was his most recent movie? Oh, oh is it The Neon Demon. Neon Demon. Yeah. yeah, The Neon Demon. See, I have already forgotten it. not a good song. You
0: just say about most perverted movie every other
2: episode. <laughs> well, I mean, what can I say? It's been a good year for perversion. Um, <laughs> it's I I I think that this is definitely more perverted than that movie. Okay. That movie has a single scene of um of um what the fuck's it called? Corpse defiling. <laughs> 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 i can't remember the actual word for it what's it called uh when you're track- necro- yeah I was, i'm like narcolepsy <laughs> no <laughs> um yeah necrophilia it has a scene of necrophilia um so there's no scene in i feel like
0: what's the, what's the word necromancy mean because oh yeah like, like
2: necromancers yeah, yeah. Uh, that's when you like raising the
0: dead
2: <laughs> necromance <laughs> um it's when you get fucked in the neck uh no it's that's when you raise people from the dead i think oh, it's necromancy right. Uh, so yeah, it's, Necrophilia. so ne- the necrophilia scene in the Neon Demon is far more upsetting than anything in uh, yeah, this in w- this yeah. movie. There's nothing upsetting from like a the sex scenes, um, but there's an overall like just. Thick fog of perversion that just hangs over this movie becomes more mm. and more pronounced as it proceeds mm-hmm. and it does not wimp out with its final scene either. Um, it lets you know that oh, uh, yeah. that even uh even um, removed from the circumstances of the rest of the perversion, there will still be perversion mm-hmm. um, well, so. I, mean,
0: I, I mean I guess it, it sort of depends on how you define perversion ling Ding-a-ling. ding. <laughs>
2: Uh, I mean, wait,
0: it's two consenting adults having a good time. <laughs> well, two, two
2: consenting. Perverse, perversion is it can be consensual. I think that most perversion should be consensual.
0: All perversion should be
2: consensual. Yes, or I guess I mean, Not like, mo- I, I mean all. in the definition of the word perversion.
0: Okay.
2: Okay. Uh, but uh, but yes, all perversion should be. You hear her first. We're gonna go a hard line on this. <laughs> all perversion should be consensual. <laughs> um but uh but yes yeah, so, <laughs> but yes, yeah, so to so exactly which means that that that, that you still call that perverted what happens in the final scene sure
0: I mean have you seen the Duke of Burgundy
2: I have yes I love that I feel like that this movie. compares
0: compares to that in they, a way they
2: are very comparable that's a good call I hadn't thought of that they are very similar mm-hmm. um uh, but this is much more um, grand in scale
0: yeah it's That's- a beautiful movie oh my gosh the acting is fantastic yeah the
2: acting is all great and it is so exquisitely shot mm-hmm. um, every frame is just so meticulous mm-hmm. um, and this is a movie that really stands up to, you know, to repeat viewings watching a second time um, it's the kind of movie that after you finish the first time you're like there's no way I got all that no um, like there were so many twists
0: especially with when something's subtitled yeah. and it's twisted um, you're always gonna miss something I think the first time
2: yes um, although I find that sometimes um subtitles actually help me get more um, true than uh, because you know now you're like what's her name you know uh, now you know because you've been reading it the whole movie <laughs> I still don't remember if it, it was there
0: uh, um,
2: so this is uh this is a real uh, this, is, this is this is this is not this is actually going to be a theme with the next movie as well um, Aquarius. Um, but so even though this movie has been such a huge film festival buzz title and is now opening to such praise and is unquestionably going to be the kind of movie that like people who just go on aesthetics love. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, like this, you know, the gays who trumpeted Carol all last year, mm-hmm. despite whatever, you know, shortcomings that film may have had, um, are going to be all over The Handmaiden. Yeah. Um, because it is just just so sumptuous. hmm. Um, so, But it is not in the Oscar running because South Korea did not choose it um, uh, as their official submission sure. to the Academy.
0: What a shame. Yes. What a pity.
2: It is a pity. Uh, this would have been, uh, I think it would have been uh, a screener. The Academy would have been excited to pop in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like so many jingling balls.
0: <laughs> as we mentioned earlier, it's not rated. Uh, probably would have been an NC-17. For sure. But it is, uh, it is out now. The Handmaiden, our pick of the week. Movie number two, Jason, is Aquarius. just Not the TV show Aquarius, which is something different.
2: Yes, and also, I believe, canceled.
0: Yeah, uh, and it is neither that nor the age of Aquarius, which has no. long passed. No. This is the movie. Clara, a 65-year-old widow and retired music critic, is the last resident of Aquarius, an original two-story building built in the 1940s. All the neighboring apartments have already been acquired by a company which has other plans for that plot. Clara has pledged to only leave her place upon her death and will engage in a cold war of sorts with the company. This is like you and that cat thing.
2: Yes, it really and truly is. Um, and I might note that if you're listening to this um, on opening date in San Francisco on the 28th, that Sonia Braga, the star of this film, will actually be appearing um, throughout the weekend at screenings of it in San Francisco in the Bay Area. Oh, really? Um, and, you know, Sonia Braga um, is basically the first lady of Brazilian cinema.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Absolute legend. Uh, mother of the actress Alice Braga, who mm-hmm. is in The I Am Legend, and mm-hmm. she's on that show Queen of the South. Um, and Sonia Braga, best known, if we're being honest, to most Americans as Samantha's lesbian lover on Sex and the City, who squirts.
0: Oh, Yes. Huh.
2: Is it all coming back to you now? No, but... <laughs> <laughs> did you never watch that?
0: I did. I did. No. But it was, was so long ago. Sure. <laughs> it's been 10 or 15 minutes.
2: Let's just pretend for a second that it's even possible to forget Samantha's lesbian journey. <laughs> uh, But yes, so that is the star we're talking about here. This is uh a towering, towering showcase for her talents as an actor. Um, Just exquisite, breathtaking performance. But... So the reason this ties into The Handmaiden um, is because this film also was not submitted um, to the Academy by Brazil as its official selection, but this time it's juicier. There's a story here.
0: Let me just settle in. Settle in.
2: Put your feet up. It's fine. Mm -hmm. Um, So when Aquarius premiered at Cannes this year, along with The Handmaiden, uh, it was, um, all of the filmmakers and cast showed up with protest signs, the premier protesting the suspension of the Brazilian president. So, um, uh, yeah, so the, the Brazilian president who I believe was named Dilma Rousseff, um, probably saying that wrong. I'm just nodding you know, at you. Was, um, you know, she was ousted from her Ooh, seat yes, uh-huh. and the interim government was installed. And, um, and the cast and crew of Aquarius went to Cannes holding signs with um, messages that like Brazil, um, just had a coup Mm d'etat and like, you know, 3 million votes burned and, um, and all these things. Um, so, which was condemned by many, uh, you know, more conservative leaning, uh, critics and commentary, uh, commentators in Brazil as like really, um. You know, as as like, why would you do that? You're embarrassing Brazil on this international stage, um, right?
0: Because that's that's what's embarrassing yeah, that, Brazil. That,
2: that's what's embarrassing. Um, so, but then, um, so the inter- so there was a, a film critic who was especially vocal in his criticism of um, of that move mm-hmm. at Cannes, um, who was then appointed to the committee that selects which oh. movie goes to the Academy and so right away the Aquarius people were like because Aquarius was like the shoe-in it's like Mm -hmm. everyone's like obviously it's Aquarius it is brilliant it's our first lady of cinema it's such a timely story Um, and uh, but then it became clear that it was not going to be that film um, because they're going to try to look for something else and so all these different Brazilian filmmakers began to um, withdraw their movies um, in solidarity um, with these uh, the cast and crew of Aquarius for Mm -hmm. being outspoken about what had been happening politically in the country um, and so, all, like, basically any other even remotely notable Brazilian film was yanked from um, competition. Um, but there was at least one left, and that's the one they went with.
0: Oh, what is that one?
2: Um, I am not very familiar with much about it. Um, I don't think it's been released in the uh, stateside. <sighs> Um, well, but, we'll protest it. Yes, yes, and <laughs> out of um, solidarity. Yes. Uh, so, uh, so this is all the more reason to support Aquarius. Uh, you know, not only um, you know uh, as an opportunity to support artists who refuse to be silenced, um, you know, in their political dissent, but also just because as a movie, its values are kind of aligned with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, it's a really like like Handmaid. It's also it's lengthy. These are both movies that are two and a half hours long. And um, and Aquarius, but Aquarius is a much more sort of just um, lived-in experiential character study, um, in which Sonia Baca plays this woman who um, is the last person left, um, the last tenant left in this apartment building that's been targeted to be you know destroyed and turned into a condo, mm-hmm. and um, and there's these you know, these, these care this charismatic young guy who works for the construction company who keeps coming around and trying to talk to her, and she's she's like a very um, she's sort of like an established bohemian woman. She's like, she's a, she's a music critic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, her family has had this, 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 this apartment for generations. Um, and, you know, and she has like strong relationships. Like she, she does have a housekeeper who lives just on the, on, on the other side of where uh, the city goes wrong. Mm-hmm. And, um, but she's very like, you know, like her housekeeper is her family and she goes to the other side of the tracks and with, you know, so basically, you know, I think, you know, she, she's supposed to represent so much about what's being lost um, in this, in this development, Mm -hmm. um, like this kind of waterfront development happening in Brazil. And uh, so, you know, and it's not just about her battles with um, the developers. She has, uh, she has children, she has extended family. um, She um, had a single mastectomy. uh, She, uh, you know, is still, still trying to, you know, get banged every now and then. Uh, So, you know, so (laughs) there's, uh, there's a there's it's it's really a fully dimensional portrait of this woman, and Sonia Braga is just breathtaking. Um, also, she has the best hair. Um, <laughs> this, this this is like been a trademark of her from the very beginning, and her hair, it's like it is just thick and luminous jet black down to her ass and she is just constantly like just like casually like pulling it up into like a messy bun that just looks like so runway ready and (laughs) and it was there in sex in the city it's there in this and um so uh but you know and it's a story that i think has a lot of uh resonance throughout the world certainly in san francisco um you know this idea of of this of this dying um class, you know, mm-hmm. namely sort of like an artistic Bohemian class, middle class um, that is you know that is being you know shunted away and you know and uh, and they, you know, the realtors, the developers are stepping up ways to intimidate her into leaving and uh, but they don't know who they're messing with Uh-oh. Um, Uh-oh. You know, is, are
0: you seeing yourself in this character
2: I you know I felt is that why very, you're wearing this messy bun yes that's why that's why I've clipped it onto the back of my head <laughs> um, I would also direct you toward the Wally oh <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we, there's currently a wig on the stuffed Wally that we have in our guest room <laughs> um, so and that's going to be Scott's Halloween wig uh, for our Stranger Things costume that we're oh
0: that's own. what you're so, doing yes mm-hmm. yes
2: um, so Uh, but yeah, so it's, it's really just, um, it's, it's, it's really beautifully done and it it is like handmaiden. It is long and it is, um, you know, the pacing is not breakneck. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, but the, you know, it's such a treat to spend because Sonia Braga is on screen for pretty much every minute of the film. And it's just such such a treat to spend this this such a chunk of time just in her presence, letting her guide you through this character Mm -hmm. as only she could.
0: Is this at all like um, movies you've sort of seen about gentrification here um, like like Little Men was?
2: Mm -hmm. Uh, It's you know, it's comparable. um, But I would say Little Men was a lot more even handed and wanting to show us both sides of this situation. Um, where it's not just about um, the person who would potentially be losing their property. Mm, it's also mm-hmm. about the people who would be doing the evicting. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it was a very, yeah, there was a much more even handed, non judgmental uh, look at it. I think uh, in this film, there. The developers are clearly intended to be villains. Yeah. Um, Do you and- think that
0: that <clears throat> makes it miss something there, the nuance?
2: No, I mean, I think that uh, I think that they're depicted in a way that is um, it's still controlled. It's not over the top villainy. Okay. Um, and I think that they're depicted very much as they would be in life. It has, um, you know, because she gets in every interaction with them just absolute smiling faces and and politeness mm-hmm. um and uh and but it's it's you know the scheming that's going on like the ongoing strategizing to get her out uh-huh that never stops no matter how much they smile to her face and their smiles are lies
0: there's no all caps no no exactly you no they're always
2: very nice to her and there is a very pointed moment where this charming young developer does say that he studied business school in the united states
0: Ooh. yes
2: so that's where he learned how to be a shark who gets what he wants
0: uh what are you gonna rate this one
2: this is a binge it um this is full on this is a binge it this is uh i was i i got to watch this during the mill valley film festival up here um a few weeks ago and i was i was so happy that i did uh so and uh it's opening it's already opening it's already open in new york and la opening in san francisco this weekend and uh yeah binge it i I highly recommend this one
0: uh it is also not rated uh and as jason mentioned this would also be
2: nc 17 by the way oh really yeah i would there's
0: didn't hear that coming
2: no, there's just a handful, um, but there's enough. There's some quick moments, but this isn't this boner alert. Um there 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 is some graphic sex in this movie. Um and it's surprising when it happens and it would definitely push an NC seventeen.
0: Excellent. Um I'll say. Sound like an asshole. Yeah, excellent. Excellent. Gross. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Oh, this brings us to probably also an NC-17 movie, Being 17.
2: Uh, this one might be an R, actually.
0: Oh, what a tame way to end the show. <laughs> Being 17. Damien lives with his mother, Marianne, a doctor, while his father is on a tour of duty abroad. He's bullied by Thomas, whose mother is ill. The boys find themselves living together when Marianne invites Thomas to come and stay with them. So this one in our last movie and our world tour of international film this week yes. is from... France. France. Yes. So we've, we've, we're we
2: covering a lot of ground.
0: hmm Yeah. We're really... Far
2: away lands. Traversing. Far- I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> I will say.
0: Um. I feel like there are a lot of gay movies. Age of 17. Yes. Being 17. Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I feel like that's enough for that was a enough. trend. That's um, enough for a trend. There's also J.S. Ian's song At 17. At 17. She's a lesbian. Yeah. So there's that. So that's three. Boom. That's three. Rule of threes. A, uh, check, check, check. Trend. It works. It checks out.
0: Uh, were you? I asked this. I asked you this question before, and you said something about like it's because it's barely legal oh. or something. gross.
2: <laughs> right? I said leering. <laughs> um, I believe I muttered something about grass on the field. You did, um, yeah, you did. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that you know that is kind of seventeen is the cusp between you know kind of like childhood and adulthood in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. You know, it's sort of that year. Uh, where uh, you're just about to become a full-fledged adult, and so I think that tends to be you know a focus on that year of like this kind of closing year of your childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in uh, this this film um, is directed by Andre Tarchinet. Wow, you're welcome. Um, who is um, who is really a, a, a French master? Um, he has been directing for something like fifty years. And um, so yes, he is an old lech. Yeah, <laughs> um, and he has done uh, he's done uh, some um, previous queer coming of age films uh, like there's a movie called Wild Reeds uh, that was a huge one back in the day, um, but he's also done a lot of great character dramas starring Catherine Deneuve, and, mm. and he's, uh, he's he's the real deal. And uh, and this is this this is this is kind of interesting. It's not your typical um, gay coming of age romance. Um, it certainly has. There's just so many that you can't help but think you're watching all of them when you watch any of them. Sure,
0: yeah, absolutely.
2: Um but uh but this one uh it, it's kind of fascinating if only because this relationship between these two boys um it starts off and for the most of the running time is one of violent aggression and antagonism. Oh. So neither of these boys, neither of these boys had really been aware of themselves as queer. And so they're kind of like coming into this very early understanding that they could be queer Mm -hmm. and, and that it is in relation to one another, but they mistake that kind of budding sexuality for just hatred. Ah. And so they just fucking hate each other and they're beating each other up all the time. And um and they're kind of they're both at like the bottom of the rung socially at uh, high school, uh, and so it's almost like it opens with a scene of um teams being selected in gym class for in uh uh and I was like oh so gym class isn't there in France. (laughs) I'd like to think it's (laughs) nice somewhere. But no. So it opens with a scene of them, you know, people being picked for their teams and then they're the last two sitting in the bleachers. So, um, and, uh, and this is is almost sort of like this prison yard, you know, Darwinist mentality of like, well, I need to assert myself Mm as like being the better one. Um, There is, uh, one of them is adopted. He is, um, of African descent, he's adopted by. Um, this takes place in rural France. We're not talking about Paris. Oh, okay. It's like gorgeous, gorgeous countryside, very hilly, and uh, so very hilly, very hilly. Um, and uh, so he is uh, he's a farmer. Um, he had been in farm school, and he had tried to go to a regular high school to study science. Um, his he has sort of like an intellectual inferiority complex, which is uh, very exacerbated by this other boy who's a white boy, whose mom is a doctor, um, Mm. and who is, like, very, like, just smug little Mm. know-it-all. So, uh, you know, so they have this antagonistic relationship that plays out for a very long time. And then in a very sort of, like, matter-of-fact French way, one day they're just kind of like, you know i think it's because i actually want to have sex with you it's like oh well okay you know uh you know <laughs> like it's it doesn't really there's not really like this big shocking reveal oh. um so uh it's 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 interesting in that sense um but you know so that that did to me kind of set it apart that it, it is for so much of it it almost feels like you're watching two porcupines that are both struggling with misplaced aggression (laughs) um (laughs) trying to like circle one another Mm -hmm. um and there's also there's you know there's stuff regarding their parents and uh you know the white boy uh you know his father is in the service um he's you know he's overseas and you know so a lot of it's about his mother uh who is a great character who actually ends up taking a huge shine to the other boy and invites him to come and stay with them Mm -hmm. when his uh, family gets sick and so, you know, it's uh you know, it's fine and uh and it does eventually culminate in very graphic gay sex um, and lots of dick, uh, which Scott got home just in time for today. Uh, <laughs> I feel like he's one of the people who just has that timing. Yeah, uh, and he's like, sure, you I,
0: review movies.
2: And I was so angry. I was like, I put the fucking time in with this movie
0: <laughs> waiting for this scene to happen. You just
2: roll in here. He's like, I can't control when I walk in on this shit. <laughs> um, so, uh, but, you know, so when it's, 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 you know, it's beautifully done, beautifully acted, um, you know, very uh, understated and, you know, covers a lot of ground emotionally um and uh and just yeah it just kind of has that that french matter of fact sensibility to it Mm -hmm. where it you know it doesn't really uh go on go in on um the usual cliches
0: um so do you think you hold sort of gay movies to a different standard than um movies that aren't like primarily about gay coming of age um you know the gay experience
2: i mean i feel like uh maybe uh mm, uh oh well no i mean i, I wouldn't say that hold a different standard i think that i um if anything i'm more critical on them and I'm, yeah i'm you know and i'm grading them on you know on a curve
0: mm-hmm. of like
2: okay well you know compared to other game movies you know which are mostly horrible uh the you wolf know video collection the wolf video collection without uh, with the exception of you're killing me yes yes um so you know i i was just kind of like Okay, well, you know, let's see what this is going to be. Yeah. And uh, you know, and and there is a certain element of like it's always going to end up being the same thing. Yeah. Um, so as much extra sort of character as they put into this and as much as they have this other storyline about his father being in the military and his mother and you know uh it's it, it it's still ultimately you're like just waiting for them to bang um yeah. so it still has <laughs> that kind of it still has that yeah. same you know that same race to the finish vibe that like most of these movies have Where you're like watching them circle each other and then start to get you know lingering looks and you're like just fuck uh and then they do and you're like thank you you know it could have done before my husband walked in but all right <laughs>
0: I feel like, like, we came came up at a time where, like, in the late 90s, or even, like, the mid-90s, early 2000s, um, there was, there were a lot of these gay movies that came out that were, like, straight to video, Mm -hmm. and, and because there's, there sort of hadn't been before that, at least, speaking for myself, I consumed a lot of them. Yeah.
2: Um. When you were reading Fingersmith? Yeah, there was a time. Yeah.
0: And, uh and then you know you kind of get sick of it and and then you your expectations for these movies are always a little cautious because yeah. you've we've sort of seen and we've these seen how many stories. times you
2: see like oh a french drama about two gay men coming of age realizing that they might be in love it's like oh 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 you're kidding me <laughs> oh no shit and it has the word 17 in the title <laughs> uncanny uh, so, yeah, I think that, you know, there is that sense of, you know, and I think we're still figuring out, I don't know, I was thinking about this today, I was listening to a podcast about Finding Prince Charming, which is this gay, it's like the gay bachelor, it's on logo. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, as, you know, I was listening to a podcast, a bunch of, of very funny, smart gay men gather around talking about the show and what it represents. And, you know, and I was thinking, because I haven't watched it, because I was thinking just like, oh, God, I'm just going to fill me with such self-loathing watching these like awful queens, like who are all coasting their looks just being all terrible to each other. But then I realized that a big part of that is just that I'm still not used to seeing, you know, myself represented or, you know, my my group represented so much, mm-hmm. um, especially mm-hmm. when it's just us. You know, there, yeah. there aren't many like... Not there, like there's, a foil there's, there's like, Exactly. Not like a token gay character, but like, a, like exclusively gay men, mm-hmm. not in drag <laughs> yeah. altogether. Um, you know, it's, it takes some getting used to. Um, so, you know, but with that said, uh, you know, being 17 doesn't do any harm. Um and uh, you know, it has some, you know, some interesting kind of uh uh, you know, racial context and class context and um, you know, it's fine, but it it can't help but just fall into the same kind of stream as as other movies that are just like it. I mean, so what are you are, giving that, it? That are not just like it but have enough in common. I'm gonna go with Consume Moderation. hmm Um like I really couldn't tell you that there's anything especially wrong with it. And, you know, it is very sensitive and, and very uh you know, well done, but you know, it's just, it's just if you're gonna do this kind of story, I feel like you kind of have to fuck with a little bit more than this one did, mm. um, to really merit a binge it.
0: So it's getting a consume in moderation. It's out now. It is also not rated. Would, you think this one would be an R?
2: It'd be an R. It has it has wangs, um, multiple <laughs> wangs, and it has some butt fucking, um, but uh, but uh, but uh, but not graphic enough to go beyond an R. I don't think.
0: All right. Um, that's it Jason that's the last show of the last uh, movie It's our last
2: unread foreign film of the week (laughs) (laughs) three for three
0: thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode Um, you can fight fight you can find us on Twitter I am at fight balance Jason
2: I am at access faggage
0: Um, and we are we're done with vacation so we'll be back next week
2: back in the saddle guys we're gonna be doing it every week from here on out that's a plan hopefully Mm.
0: (laughs) (laughs) definitely thanks again so much (laughs) bye bye
2: Binging on movies with Rebecca and Jason
0: You made it to the end, that's amazing There
1: There goes goes the binge. binge!